As the demand for telemedicine grows, so does the need for connectivity. 5G meets that need. Qualcomm remains focused on giving doctors and patients superior, security-rich 5G connectivity. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash inventionage. Dad Radio Show is really about the good news and bad news about money, but today we're going to be talking about politics, something you should never talk about. But as you know, as my friends from overseas tell me that America is now the laughing stock, he says, you guys are supposed to be a capitalist country, but you've got a socialist who's winning, and you got this guy Donald Trump who even takes on the Pope. I mean, he says, what is going on with your politics? But the real question is, how stupid is the American voter? So all of you out there who think you might be stupid or you think the American voter might be stupid or how in the world can our politics you know, basically come down to a reality show? I mean, it is better than watching TV. I mean, 24-7, it's now about Trump, a capitalist, and this guy, what's his name now? Bernie, who is Bernie a socialist. Sanders. But it's really a cartoon show. You know, I mean, Trump took on the Pope. I love Donald Trump. He's a friend of mine. But, man, you take on the Pope. I mean, what's going on here? Any comments, Kim? <laughs> well, it's it's better than any uh, sitcom I'm, I've been watching on TV, that's for sure. But we this is going to be a fascinating show because we are going to be talking about um, what's going on in politics and why is a Bernie Sanders getting so popular and why is Donald Trump specifically be out in the front lead. So um, it's it's not politics as we know it. This is a it's a new day in time, and we're going to talk to two people that understand this a little bit better than we do, and are going to shed some light on it. And one other interesting thing is um, the one the one first guest we have is Rick Shankman, and uh, he's talked about how stupid are we when it comes to voting, and a lot of that seeps into the same thing that we face with financial education. People are not getting educated. Well, the thing I like is that, um, you know, the Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump and Hillary and uh, is now outrating the Kardashians, which I think is really <laughs> says something. <laughs> Either the American public is getting stupid or more stupid or they're getting better educated. I don't know which one it is, but right now, from my friends who are overseas, we are the laughing stock of the world. So our guest today is Rick Sheckman. He is the founder of the Popular History News Network and New York Times bestselling author. His latest book is Political Animals, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. He talks about just how stupid are we, the American voter, facing the truth about the American voter. So for all of those overseas who laugh at us constantly, this is your program. So welcome to the show, Mr. Sheckman. How are you? All right, I'm glad to be here. Let's uh, start by talking about uh, uh, are our politics getting dumber? Yes. Uh, there's certainly a lot more drama in the election this year, but if you go back over the last 50 years, 60 years, you'll find plenty of evidence that our politics have always been dumb. It's just it, it, Donald Trump is helping make us see it now. But if you go back, just uh, go back to um, uh, the debate over the Iraq war, majority of the American people on the eve of the Iraq war believed that Saddam Hussein was behind 9-11. Now, that wasn't true. And if they couldn't get right the basic facts about 
the most important event of our time, that suggests that there's something radically wrong with our politics. So um, what Donald Trump has done is give us the favor of helping us understand just how bad a situation we're actually in. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I'm a, and Rick, you know, Donald and I have written, written two books together and he's a friend of mine, but I just find him entertaining also. But I do agree with you that last pound, that pounding he did on George W., you know, questioning 9-11, questioning the weapons of mass destruction, and actually accusing him of the downfall of the American economy, and also mentioned mission accomplished and all that stuff. I give him credit for having the guts to even bring it up because, as Kim says, most of her girlfriends who play golf, you know, really, really like George W., and they don't think he's done anything wrong. Well, he kept us safe. Well, he actually got us into war. Well, I'm looking at a lot of voters now and a lot of talking to my friends, and they're, they were way for Donald Trump. They were really strong for Donald Trump, and now he's been – saying a lot of things and making a lot of comments and they did they really didn't like the George Bush comment and they didn't like the Pope comment and they're kind of going the other way. So here's my here's my question Rick is why are the American voters so stupid when it comes to voting? Well, let me just uh, say that I don't think it's fair to generalize that American voters in general are dumb. Uh, what I argue is that our politics are dumb, which is a uh, distinction. Maybe it's too subtle, but I think it's important uh, just because uh, I never like it when politicians always say the American voters are smart. Uh, you can't safely generalize about 300 million people that way. But that aside, why are our politics so dumb? Our politics are dumb because Americans don't pay attention to politics. And they only jump in every once in a while when uh, a Donald Trump comes along and starts uh, yapping about something or other. And then they don't have an outside independent knowledge base to draw from to question what the politician like Donald Trump is saying. So what they wind up doing is going with their instincts. And what I argue in my book, Political Animals, is that when we go with our instincts in politics, we almost always go wrong because our brain wasn't designed to deal with the problems of the 21st century. It was designed to deal with the problems of the Stone Age. And that means communities of about 100 to 150 people, not communities like we live in now, composed of millions and hundreds of millions of people. That's our basic problem. So what 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 got you going on all this stuff? I mean, you know, I, I agree with you, but we all have our hot buttons. Mine is a lack of financial education in our schools, and when we wonder why we have a financial crisis. But what got you going on all this stuff about political animals and you know, how dumb is the American voter and stuff like this? It was the Iraq war and the support for the Iraq war by people who thought that Saddam Hussein was behind the attack on 9-11. I, that was a wake-up call for me. Uh, just as uh, Donald Trump's uh, uh, popularity is a wake-up call for uh, the mainstream media in general now, uh, it was the uh, uh, fight over the Iraq war and all of the misleading and misinformation that was out there about that and how the public just uh, they just didn't seem to uh, to notice uh, that really just got to me. So I sat down and I, I ripped off a polemic in three months called Just How Stupid Are We? Facing the Truth About the American Voter. And then I decided to spend the last five years trying to understand the neuroscience and the 
psychology behind our public ignorance. And that's uh, what I'm doing in Political Animals. Well, thank you for doing that. Once again, uh, this is Rick Shankman. He is the founder of the Popular History News Network, New York Times bestseller, author of Political Animals. Why do we have Bernie Sanders now coming up? Well, both Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders are appealing to Americans who feel alienated and vulnerable. And so if you have a uh, left-wing inclination uh, and you're in that category, you're tending to go towards Bernie. And if you have a right-wing inclination and then you're in that category, you're tending to go towards Donald Trump. But, this, no but, real, wait, but wait a no minute. Real surprise. Let me, let me just say this. Think about the last 16 years. We've had nothing to crow about except for one victory. And that victory was when our helicopters went into Pakistan found Osama bin Laden and took him out. That's the last victory we've had, and it's the only big victory we've had in 16 long years. But wasn't the re-election of Obama this big victory? I'm only kidding. (laughs) I'm only kidding. So let me ask you this, then. What is going on? You wrote this thing, just how stupid are we facing the truth about the American voter? And what would you say is going on with the American voter? They're not paying attention. Politics is extremely complicated. Right. Uh, The candidacy of Ben Carson illuminates the problem. Ben Carson was a brain surgeon. Would he have subjected himself to brain surgery from somebody who had never done brain surgery? Of course not. But we think that politics is simple and that you can just install anybody in there regardless of their background and experience, and expect them to be able to do the job, it's laughable. But that seems to be the myth that Americans are uh, operating under. But let me ask, how, just how much of it is the media keeping people stupid and dumb? I think the media is basically reflecting simply the uh, public's low level of knowledge uh, is all about. So I'd agree with you on that one. Our uh, media, Our media uh, is us. I I was the managing editor of the CBS affiliate in Seattle here, and every day I would come in and check the ratings for the overnights to see how our shows did the previous day. And when we did stories about earthquakes, our numbers would go through the roof. If we did stories about politics, our numbers would plummet. People (laughs) weren't interested in it. Makes sense. This is one of the things I investigated in the uh, in my current book, Political Animals, which is to try to assess for that. Well, if you're living in a small community of 150 people, then all of your natural human instincts come into play when it comes to politics. Who's up? Who's down? Who's the leader? Have they screwed up? Are they doing well? What's their character like? What are they really like? That's all got part of natural human gossip, and we're really good at that. Now, politics seems remote, it seems abstract, it's not playing off of the human being's natural abilities. So what happens is people just tune it out, they turn it off. And as a result, we get these elections where Donald Trump can go around and say anything and get away with it. He has told lie after lie after lie, and the public hasn't cared. That's really astonishing. That's a wake-up call. It should be a wake-up call. So is this why, Rick, the politicians, when they have these debates and they argue with each other and they bring up silly issues and they don't really go to the depth and the meat of what nearly needs to happen with America and the economy, they don't go there. They go on the very superficial. Is that all playing into why our voters are not getting educated? Or is it 
is it the voter or is it the politician? It's the voter. If the voters were highly educated, the politicians would have to step up the level of public debate. But because most people don't have a Ph.D. in political science or economics or statistics, politicians have discovered that they have to dumb down the conversation and talk about subjects that are suitable or susceptible to public debate. If people have a lot of knowledge, then the issues susceptible to public debate are a lot broader. But if they have little knowledge, then everything's got to be about, well, like local TV news. You put on a feature that's got human interest and everybody can tune in and understand it because they don't have to bring to it a previous base of knowledge to understand the story. So that's what politicians are facing. So I blame the politicians who just kind of throw up their hands and say, I'm going to just be as dumb as as, uh, the general level of public debate is not try to elevate the conversation in any way, but ultimately it's the people who are fault. Now, of course, the the next question is, well, why aren't we educating our people better? That's a failure of the schools. Well, that's, that's what I've been saying all along, and that's another old subject. When we come back, we'll be talking more to Rick Schenkman, but also we'll bring in on Laura Reese, whose father is one of my heroes, Al Reese, and she's a branding expert. And if you notice, Donald Trump is a businessman. The other guys are politicians. And I don't know what Hillary is. But anyway, (laughs) you know, Trump has a way of just branding people right off the bat. Like I said, my friends from overseas just laughing at us. They say, what's this guy Trump doing? And what's this guy Sanders, a socialist? And now Trump took on the Pope. I mean, who else is he going to take on? He's pissing off the whole world now. So, Kim, the question is how smart or stupid is the American Voters Week. So Kim has a test question well, a for question. all you listeners. Here's a good question because Rick Shankman is one of our guests and he wrote the book. His latest book is Political Anim- Animals, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. And his book before that is Just How Stupid Are We? Facing the Truth About the American Voter. And here's the, here's the, the line. He says that 50% of Americans can name four characters from The Simpsons so how many of you can name four characters from The Simpsons? All right, that's the question. I, I can Next quiz. But only two out of five can name all three branches of the federal government. So right now, you'll know how smart or stupid you are, depending if you know The Simpsons more than the federal government. Here's one more. No more than one in seven can find Iraq on a map. Jesus. <laughs> so there's some good examples. And once again, this program is about how stupid is the American voter. We have Trump, a capitalist, fighting Sanders, who is a socialist. We have the old-time guys, Hillary, the Clintons. I mean, it is, this is a shakeup we have never seen before. I mean, it's going to be a big turnover. The, you know, the guys who control the scenes, the old guys who control the parties, they're, they're shaking right now. They don't know how to control you and me, the voter. So that's why we have this program, How Stupid is the American Voter?, and we have Rick Sheckman again, and we have Laura Reese. Her father is a big hero of mine, Al Reese. He wrote the book Positioning. And she is a marketing strategist, best-selling author, and co-founder of Reese & Reese, a consulting firm she runs with her father, Al Reese, the legendary positioning pioneer. Laura is the author of Battle Cry, Winning the Battle for the Mine with a slogan that kills. And that's Donald Trump, being a businessman, not a politician. He create slogans or positioning statements that kill. For example, Jeb Bush is low energy. You know, Hillary Clinton is a liar. 
I mean, you know, Trump. Who was the just, guy with the glasses? Who was the thing? Who, he only wore glasses. Oh, that, that was Rick Perry. Rick Perry. He said he only wears glasses to make himself look smart. <laughs> so, so that he's kind of branded as not smart. <laughs> so, Laura, what do you think about this whole campaign with Trump and his branding ability? <laughs> <laughs> well. Listen, I mean, I mean, Trump says a lot of what people are thinking already. I mean, when Rick Perry with the glasses, I mean, well, as soon as he said it, I was like, you know what? That's a lot. That says a lot. And, and Jeb Bush is low energy when you look at him. And, he, and that's why those labels tend to stick. But you're right. He's not a politician. He doesn't follow the old rules. He doesn't play by the rules. He plays by the rules of marketing. And you know what? Marketing works. I, I disagree that the American people are, are so stupid. I mean, they, they might not know the three branches of government, sure, but Donald Trump knows how to market, and marketing works. And what is marketing? What was positioning about? It's owning an idea, a word in the mind. Donald Trump is, aside from Bernie Sanders, the only one that has a narrow focus in the Republican Party. What did he do to get on the scene? He focused on one idea, immigration. We're going to build the wall, and we're going to, you know, get that those those 11 million undocumented people out of the country. We're going to deport them, and he stuck to that message, and that is a huge part of what's helping him lead in the Republican primaries. Question is, though, how did he know that immigration was the issue? <laughs> He's got a natural ability, I think, to sense. Um, what's out there in people's minds and what's upsetting. I mean, he just has, I think, with his business acumen, his marketing skills, um, he tapped into that. He realized that that was something no one else was touching. I mean, no one else wanted to touch that. He went after it, and a lot of people obviously agree with him, felt you know very strongly about it, and are supporting him because of it. Okay, once again, Rick Shackman is going to join us. He's the founder of the Popular History News Network, author of his latest book, Political Animals how our Stone Age brain gets in the way of smart politics. So, Rick, how is going after my Mexican friends, you know, most of them are legal, but how, how is that smart? When people are feeling <clears throat> vulnerable, then they tend to draw more off of their instincts than any kind of political knowledge when making political decisions. And we are in a, pos in a place right now where people are feeling extremely vulnerable because of our... Uh, Iraq war disaster, the Afghanistan war disaster, the Great Recession of six, seven years ago. And so in that environment, it's quite natural that if a politician steps up and he starts pushing highly emotional buttons like fear of the outsider, which is what he's doing with uh, uh, Mexican immigrants, it's just natural that people are going to respond very, very strongly. If they weren't in such a vulnerable position, a general overall feeling of vulnerability, then they wouldn't have responded to the message. So that, are, are they looking for an enemy? What happens is that when people are feeling vulnerable, they always wind up hunkering down among the, the people they perceive of their own kind. It becomes uh, survival and uh, survival becomes paramount in your thinking and your feeling. So I think that's really what's going on here and what Donald uh, uh, Trump figured out. So, so we always say when emotions go up, intelligence goes down. And dealing on emotions, you're saying that the people now are not knowledgeable. They're, dis they're, they're just going on instinct versus facts versus the issues versus dig digging deeper. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Fa fa exactly. Facts don't uh, uh, ever wind up being more important 
than what your beliefs are. Uh, beliefs trump facts, pardon the pun. <laughs> and the reason for that is because of the way our brain works. Neuroscientists have put human beings into an MRI machine and asked them a bunch of questions that make them feel uncomfortable about their political beliefs. Like you put a, a, a Bush voter into an MRI machine, you ask them a bunch of questions that make Bush uh, seem like in a bad light, and you, their brain immediately takes that information that they don't like and shunts it aside. And literally in the MRI, you can see that the neurons go inactive in the area where they were dealing with this information because they're trying to literally cut off the flow of information that's creating a feeling of discomfort. We don't want to feel discomfortable, uncomfortable. So, so that's what that's what happens when politicians tell us things we don't want to hear. We close our minds to them. Literally, we close our minds to them. Got it. So, so Laura, what role does emotions have in branding? Well, emotions will play everything in branding. And, and I think in, in elections, I mean, you don't, exactly right, you don't win elections on fact. You win it on emotion. People care very less about what your experience is, what the past was. They care about what your vision for the future is. Big ideas when you can focus on, on something, and usually not specific. The, the more specific you are, the more trouble you get into. I mean, think about one of the best campaigns ever run was Obama's Change We Can Believe In. He didn't get into so many specifics, and Hillary kept trying to hammer him for it. It didn't matter. He had such a powerful message that he repeated, and he was such a charismatic, likable figure. That's, that plays a huge part in politics, likability of someone and how they, they present themselves. And it doesn't mean you have to be attractive. I think Bernie Sanders is very likable and has a very interesting and very honest, authentic personality. Again, that's something that Hillary has suffered from, being inauthentic, you know, being what trying to be what she thinks people want her to be and focusing too much on the past. She has no message for the future. And most of the politicians don't have something specific except for Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. And the other thing is, absolutely, people have discounted. There's so many negatives about Donald. But because he has one strong positive that, that many people you know believe in, and the economy, I think, is the, the biggest opportunity for Republicans to, to go after to say, you know, we've got to fix this economy. It's slow-growing, low wages, lack of opportunity. Donald's answer is, of course, that immigration is the problem. If we shut down the, the walls and he negotiates all the deals, we'll be better. And people are buying into that because no one else has offered a solution. No one else has focused on the economy. No one else has focused on any one issue, really, compared to, compared to Donald. Once again, Robert Kiyosaki, The Rich Dad Radio Show. We have two guests today. We have Laura Reese. She's a marketing strategist. She's a founder of Reese & Reese, a consulting firm. She runs with her father, Al Reese. He's one of my heroes. And we have Rick Sheckman. He's a founder of History News Network, author of Political Animals, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. And we're talking about today is how dumb is the American voter or what's going on politically. And, you know, they, so the old political establishment is getting crucified by what they call new guys. So let me ask you this law really quickly is because when my friend Donald took on the Hispanics, you know, that kind of upset me because I'm going, why yeah, is he sure. attacking why is he attacking them? And now he's taking on the Pope. Then you have Bernie talking about being a socialist. I mean these guys are touching hot wires that we've never touched before. 
What's going on? Why? Why is the public letting them do this? Well, the media is is so gets so, is is whipped up into a frenzy because because they're saying things that that politicians normally don't touch, and they're they're creating a lot of excitement, a lot of dialogue, and it's still early. I mean, let's remember it is still early. We don't know exactly how this is going to play out, and in if in the end these are going to be the candidates that people actually want at the top of their ticket in terms of winning an election, uh, but for sure they are getting attention and and the PR take the Republicans everyone is just trying to be the anti-Trump <laughs> okay, because they assumed he was going to fizzle out and no one has really made a stake for who they are and what they're going to do we have our guest our lower race she's a marketing strategist uh, co-founder of Reese and Reese Al Reese her father is one of my heroes I read his book when I was in my late 20s and it really helped me you know my in my business career and Laura's also the uh, author. Her first book is by herself is Visual Hammer, which I have sitting right in front of me, and it's a great book. It's Nail Your Brand into the Mind with the Emotional Power of a Visual, and it's yeah. a fabulous, fabulous book with lots of visuals, so you practice what you preach. And Thank your you. newest book, congratulations, is Battle Cry, Winning the Battle for the Mind with a Slogan that Kills. And we're yeah, talking about... These politicians need both those things, believe me. <laughs> so we're getting off, you know, we're talking about Mr. Trump because he says hammering people. He brands them like... Bush, low energy. You know, everybody hears that. Cruz is a liar. Hillary is a liar. But also we have Rick Schenkman. He's the founder of History News Network. He's the author of his latest book, Political Animals, How to Get Our Stone Age Brain, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. And you said something earlier, Rick, that facts are not as important as beliefs. So I want to find out how Trump gets away with what he gets away with. I mean, how can he take on the Pope? How can he blast my friends who are Hispanic and get away with it? How can he blast Megyn Kelly and women and get away with it? You see, this is not logical. Well, I'd like to go back to something Laura said in the last segment, if I could. Is that okay? Of course. Yeah, please. All right. So um, she was saying elections are all about and politics are all about emotion. And she was trying to uh, um, analyze what's going wrong with uh, the the current candidates. And I think that that was an excellent point. And my, my take on it is that the problem that Hillary Clinton in particular is facing is that when somebody pulls the lever, it's not clear what feeling they're supposed to have when they are pulling that lever for Hillary Clinton. When you pull the lever for Donald Trump, you know what feeling you're supposed to have. When you pull the lever for Bernie Sanders, you know what feeling you're supposed to have. It's not clear what Hillary's voters are supposed to feel. And that's a problem because elections in the end are not about the candidates, even though all we do is talk about the candidates. And it's kind of as if that's all that matters. Actually, all that really matters in the end is what the voter feels in the presence of a candidate. Trump voters are feeling validated. They're feeling smart. The media has said that the Trump voters are the dumb voters. Well, whether that's true or not, here's what's interesting. A Trump voter feels like he's validated by Trump because Trump is a rich billionaire guy who's going around the country and saying the same things that people in their homes and their private discussions have been saying. So he is making their voters feel smart. That's the emotion they're feeling, among others. That's one of the paramount emotions they're feeling when they pull the lever for Donald Trump. 
that's a powerful reason for why he's been so successful up till now. Okay, so let me throw this to Laura, being yeah. a marketing and branding specialist. If Hillary called you right now and said, hey, Laura, yeah. I need help, what would you do? Well, Hillary's best chance is to say, we're going to continue the Obama revolution. Her best chance is the continuation of the change that Obama has started. But she's saying that, and she's not, she's not winning. Well, she's not saying it in a, in a clear and understandable narrative. She's saying it in Hillary speak. And listen, what is her, her slogan is not that. Her slogan is fighting for us. She's not fighting that's for her you, slogan? apparently. Her, her slogan is fighting for I us. That's the first time I've heard that. No, I, I don't, don't want to see her fighting anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I want to see her doing something. I want to see her continuing something. And, and that's, that's her best chance of – the, but, but the – but, the, 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 there is such a problem with her not being able to connect with people. I mean, that's where Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump have the advantage of. They're able to connect oh, well, with people. Well, yeah, yeah, well, Laura, we know that. But you're not working for Trump or Sanders. You're working yeah. for Hillary right now. Well, she has a problem. So how would you fix it? Well, I, I would fix it by, by, by creating some sort of slogan that reinforces that we, we're on the right path. Let's keep this train moving. How are you, I'm the best way to move it. But how are you going to combat the brand that she has, that she is a liar? How will you counter that one, or would you t- address it at all? Listen, if you, the more you focus on the negatives and try to fix it, the more problems you create. I understand, but Laura, the best thing is Laura to, she, to, has, yeah. she has the brand. Yeah, she does. So how would you fix it? I mean, that's really the question. Well, you don't want to – what I'm saying is you ignore some of those things and don't try to address them and try to hammer, again, with a slogan, with a visual. I mean, she, she hasn't done those things. And the last – she should have learned back in 08 where, again, she was the heir apparent and she got hammered by, you know, a, a, a first-time senator. I mean, there was a – because he understood marketing, and she doesn't do that. He and connected with people. She's she's she finds very it finds it very challenging to connect with people. She's not that's the the, the legacy of the, the big name of Clinton and Bush have a hard time connecting with with ordinary so, people. And I, to say and to focus on one thing. Listen, what's the one thing Bernie Sanders keeps saying? He has a, a, a clear way of understanding, of explaining what's wrong. The political system is corrupt. It's built for the top 1%. And I'm going to give free college and universal health care. So, right. so, 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 so let, me, let me toss to Rick here. Um, so everybody's you know, excited about Bernie and free education and free this and free that. Do you think the American people really want socialism? Yeah. No, and I don't think he'll win with that message. If he had never admitted being and bragging about being a democratic socialist, he might have a prayer, but the American people are not going to elect somebody who self-identifies as a socialist. Sorry, well, how, it's not well, 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 Rick, how come this guy named uh, FDR Roosevelt got away with social security? That was the start of socialism, or the continuation well, of socialism. Well, first of all, when you have an event like the Great Depression, people are willing to try anything and change their minds. Herbert Hoover had so discredited the Republican Party that they were willing to go for anything. So they elected FDR in a landslide. After the Great Recession, the American people, who otherwise would never have gone for a black man for president, were so disenchanted with the Republicans and the Bushes that they were willing to elect a black man president. That's amazing. And that's because 
in a crisis, people rethink their assumptions and they think, okay, let's go with something over here. We don't know if it's going to be any better, but we know that the past is horrible. We need to get off that track. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We're talking to Rick Schenkman. He's the founder of History News Network and New York Times bestseller, author of his latest book, Political Animals, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. And Laura Reese, she's a marketing strategist, bestselling author of Battle Cry and Visual Hammer. Her father is a hero of mine, L. Reese. His book is called Positioning. As such, any entrepreneur should read that. must be a must-read. Like I said, I haven't read your books, but I've read your dad's books, Positioning. Yes. It's a key word for all you entrepreneurs listening out there. You better not be wishy-washy. You better take a position. That's right. It's like we at Richard always say, you know, the reason, why don't we have financial education in our schools? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I start. I, I don't get off of that. And, and one of the things is in typical polit- politicians, they take too many positions. They've right. got a position right. on everything, and, and a lot of them are wishy-washy. The best way to, to win an election is take a strong position and focus on one key issue, the, the key issue you hope that, you know, can be the, the change of, of the election. And here, you know, for the Republicans, I think they've got to, you know, what wins is create the crisis and have the solution. Uh, the crisis for them is it's got to be the economy. I mean, the economy, stupid, is what got Clinton elected. His focus on it's the economy. You know, George Bush, no new taxes. I mean, that kind of dedicated focus on, on one thing um, that uh, appeals to people, is forward-thinking, is strong, is memorable, is what gets you elected to the White House. Well, this is the part that cracks me up. I mean, Trump should have shown pictures of Bush standing on the aircraft carrier with mission accomplished behind <laughs> yeah, yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was as damaging. we got, I got only two minutes left of the final things I want to ask you guys. What do you think about Jeb bringing his mother up? Rick, what do you think about that? Is that? It was a desperation yeah. move. And, you know, there's going to be a certain nostalgia for the old Bush brand. He was trying to activate that nostalgia in the minds of the old white voters. Rick, what, did, what is your advice for voters who want to vote more intelligently? What do they need to do? Well, they need to pay attention to politics and they need to educate themselves. But most importantly, when you're listening to a politician, try to understand what you're feeling as you're listening to the speech. And then even if you don't read anything about politics and you don't know anything you know your own emotions, and that will be your roadmap to how that politician is trying to manipulate you. If you're feeling super patriotic, you'll know, oh, they're pushing my patriotic buttons. That at least helps you understand what the politician's strategy is. And if you do that with all the different politicians, you'll have a pretty good understanding of what the uh, campaign is all about. And how about you, Laura? What would you have to say about how to get better educated around the politicians? I think you got to look at, at how the, their style of leadership, is that the type of style you want for, for the country, and what their future plan is, and is that a plan that you are comfortable with? Not the one that grabs the you know, headlines of the day, but one that you're truly comfortable with seeing our, in that direction our country going in. Good. I want to thank you guys for this, but we're going to have one last question. It's a one-word one, uh, answer. So, Mr. Shankman, who's going to win? <laughs> Historians can't even agree on the past, let alone predict the future. <laughs> oh, that's good coverage. Huh? You should be a politician. Laura, who do you think is going to win? Uh, who, who, who do I think is going to win? Uh, Who's winning? Who's winning? Well, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, a, well, thank you for that. That says I really a lot. <laughs> the two of you should be politicians. You guys are great. They're very good. So our guests today were Rick Schenkman, author of Political Animals, and Laura Reese, marketing strategist, best-selling author, co-founder of Reese & Reese. Her father is Al Reese, the legendary, the legendary author of Positioning. Every entrepreneur should get Al Reese's books. He has a whole bunch of them. But Positioning was one of the books that made me millions of dollars. And Laura's latest book is Battle Crime, Winning the Battle of the Mind with a Slogan That Kills. And that's that's a, that's my friend Donald Trump. Boy, he just kills people with slogans. He just crushes well, you. Well, look at his main slogan, Make America Great Again. I mean, that's a great slogan. And people remember it. He wears it on his hat. There was a whole thing about his hat. It's, it's a great slogan. And, and people he never relate to stops. It. He doesn't. And I got to say, Laura's other book, um, Visual Hammer, I've got it right in front of me. It's a fabulous book on how visually you can, what works visually in your marketing of your products and your business. It's a fabulous book, Visual Hammer. So, going to a very popular part of our program is called Ask Robert. You can go to or submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So, Melissa, what's the first question for Ask Robert? Okay, Robert, our first question today comes from Benjamin in Akron, Ohio. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. This question is this, why is Rich Dad Poor Dad still so popular when there are thousands of other financial books out there? What makes the message last over time? Well, it's a great book. No, no. <laughs> it is a but great also, book. But also, it goes back to what I said earlier about Al Reese, Laura Reese's father. His book is called Positioning. So we're positioned as Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I position one against the other. So one of the ways you win in marketing is you divide and conquer. So I said, rich dad, poor dad. So everybody goes, well, which one is it? So in your mind, I've, I've drawn a line just like Trump does. Then I said, what the rich teach their kids about money that the poor and middle class do not. So those are all positioning statements. That's like if for those of you old enough to remember back when there was a battle between Hertz and Avis. And Avis, the rental car company, was getting hammered so that Avis came out with a positioning statement called Avis is second best. We're number two, so we have to try harder. So that was a positioning statement by Avis. So the reason Rich Dad wins is we're always dividing to conquer and positioning. Then we hammer them, just as Laura says, you hit a slogan that kills them, like Jeb Bush was killed when he was low energy. Any comments, Kim? We work a lot on our branding at the Rich Dad Company, but also one of the things I see there's classic books, and I'm going to say Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a classic book because there's aha moments in it. And the aha moment, and again, it's kind of a divide thing. You've taken the confusion out of what is an asset and what is a liability. And I've been to accounting classes and all of the business schools, and I still never understood what the heck an asset was or a liability. And you make it very simple. An asset is something that puts money in your pocket whether you work or not. And that is one of the keys that I think makes it's the success position. of the book. It's a position. And another thing – that Laura said about Laura said about Trump, he doesn't stop. He is he is consistent in his brand. Very so like important when, consistency. So when people ask me about mutual funds, I always trash them. I never let up on mutual funds. I never let off on financial planners because those are for middle class people. Again, the rich don't have mutual funds and the rich don't have financial planners. The poor have nothing. You see, I never let up. And that's part of branding also. You don't find me, you know, bringing my mother into this equation like Jeb Bush does, <laughs> you know, or bringing his brother into this equation. 
And when Rich Dad Poor Dad came up, this mutual fund company offered me a million dollars a year to endorse the mutual fund company. Now, a million dollars is a lot of money, but I refused to do it because it would go against the brand. So I do not let up, and I think that's one of the things that Hillary has really no position. She just stands there with her mouth hanging open, her smile like her husband, and they say nothing. And I think that's what's killing them. Bernie Sanders is old man's pounding them. Yep, and and you said the word because I, I I've talked to Laura about this before, and she said the number one thing in building a brand is you got to be consistent. You got to be yep. consistent with your message, and so that's why they try to go after politicians and flip flop and this and that. And well, you said this and you said that, but you go to Trump and you go, well, you know, you used to be this. Well, yeah, I was at at that time because da 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 da, and he just he just handles it. He doesn't try to go around it. He just nails it. So this so. is my prediction. I asked both Laura Reese and Rick Shankman who was going to be the candidates. I think it's Trump versus Hillary. And the reason I know that or I suspect Trump will win is because Trump is already preparing for her. He says, he says, I'm looking forward to doing battle with her. You say both Bernie and Trump love to fight. And Hillary, I don't know where she's at. But her slogan is about fighting. Yeah. But <laughs> fighting Hillary, for us. Hillary is a schmoozer and a liar, and that's, a, that's her position. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But anyway, my prediction is it's Trump versus Clinton, and uh, Mr. Trump is looking forward to the battle, and Hillary isn't. That's the big difference. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Carly in Tallahassee, Florida. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. Why is what the candidates say so important? If they are owned by special interest groups, isn't it all just lies anyway? I mean, I agree. I, I don't know if they're lies or not. I think Rick Schenkman said it the best. He says, what, what does it do to your beliefs? And Laura says, what does it do to your emotions? If they're not speaking to your beliefs or your emotions, you're not going to win. And that's what happens when you have people like Cruz or Rubio or Ben Carson. They speak logically. They make sense, but they're not hitting you in the gut. What would, you, what would you say, Kim? The one comment is that even the thought, whether it's lies or not, just the thought that they are owned by special interests, that they're getting their money from people who want favors from them, just that perception alone takes takes them out of the knees, I think. And there's, there's Trump going, I'm funding it myself. I'm funding it myself. I'm not connected to any special interest groups. I'm not running on anybody else's agenda. I think that's a huge statement. And that's a positioning statement. It is. So that's why all you entrepreneurs get the author, get uh, Laura Reese's Battle Cry, Visual Hammer. But most importantly, all Reese's book, Positioning. You're, I'm always positioning. Divide and conquer. And already Trump has divided the field down. He knows he's not going to battle Sanders, but he's, he's getting ready for Clinton. And that's going to be battle royale. It's going to be better than worldwide wrestling. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Mark in Louisiana. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It says, hey, Robert, I am 21 years old. I am currently working very hard to exit the rat race. I am making progress, but I'm very scared about the 2016 presidential election. What is your advice for entrepreneurs who are trying to exit the ES quadrants and enter the BI quadrants if Bernie Sanders wins the election? Well, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and you let your fears run you, yep. then you should keep your daytime job. Yep. Look, being an entrepreneur is about battling your emotions, the good and the bad. You'll have good times and you'll have bad times. I was just did a talk yesterday 
to my friend Darren Weeks's group, and I said, when I started off speaking, only two people showed up. You see, that was years ago before I met Kim. Most people quit. Oh, my God, nobody likes what I said. But you have to keep going through the negatives. Then pretty soon the crowds increase and became positive. But as soon as something positive happens, the negative shows up again. You know, as soon as Kim and I started to make a lot of money, a bunch of crooks came in behind of us. So you'll always be battling your emotions, the good and the bad. And if Bernie Sanders scares you, keep your daytime job. Any comments, Kim? Yeah, I mean, exactly right. You can't control. We're, we can't control who gets elected. We can vote, but we can't control who gets elected. We can't control what politicians are going to do, what laws are going to get passed. But you can control. I mean, that's why we're entrepreneurs, because we can control our business. We can control emotions. our emotions. We can control the decisions we make. So um, – I would just say this if, you know, as entrepreneurs, our job is to solve problems and you're going to face problems every single day. You got to know that. And if you're not up to facing problems and if Bernie Sanders gets elected, there's going to be a lot of problems, I predict. Um, but that's what entrepreneurship is about. So it's more about the spirit of the person than and anything else. And we're just talking to our, our friend, our doctor friend, Radha Gopalan. He just became an entrepreneur. He hired his first employee. Now he has problems. He says, <laughs> I had no idea how hard it is to hire an employee because he's always been a doctor. So the point here is this. If Bernie Sanders and problems scare you, become a postman, you know, because all you want to do is drive around your truck and just deliver the mail. That's it. And you'll have a good life. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Nick in Calgary. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. says, what's the difference between sales and marketing? Well, sales is the moment. Very good question. Sales is the moment where the money changes hands. So if no, if no money is changing hands, obviously you haven't made a sale. In the hierarchy of marketing and business, it starts with PR, public relations. This radio program is PR. I'm not asking you to buy anything. The next thing is marketing. And marketing, or PR could also be a book. Marketing then is what we talk about positioning. So, you know, Rich Dad, I'm constantly saying it's what the rich T-shirt kids about money and the poor middle class do not. Now, if somebody likes that idea, then they come and they find my book. And if they give me or the bookstore money, a sale takes place. So the hierarchy in the world of communication and business is public relations, marketing, and then sales. People without sale, without PR and marketing, sell, 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 sell. You know, And that's why most people don't make it because – they don't spend the money on PR or marketing. Comments yeah, and if, and if that's absolutely true, because when we started, when we came out with the board game and we came out with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, who was the first person we hired? PR. PR, PR agency. And uh, we've been d using PR all along. And just to reiterate, if your PR is good and your marketing is good, then your sales will be easy. If you don't have the PR and the marketing, sales is very, very difficult. And it's a lot of energy <laughs> to make every single sale. So once again, I want to thank Rick Sheckman, founder of History News Network. And I also want to thank Laura Reese, founder of Reese and Reese. Her father is Al Reese. Her, Laura's books are Battle Cry, Visual Hammers. And Rick Schenken's book is Political Animals, How Our Stone Age Brain Gets in the Way of Smart Politics. And I like what he said about instincts versus intuition.